Hi, folks. Welcome to episode 54 of the Wealth on Any Income podcast. This is where we talk about money, tips, techniques, attitudes, information, and provide inspiration. I'm your host, Rennie Gabriel. In past episodes, we spoke about how to build an income and expense report, how to measure the level of pleasure based on where you spend your money, how to track your money in five to 10 seconds, what to look for on a net worth statement to see how close you are to complete financial choice. And last week, we had Chala Dinkoy, who spoke about how to break through the competitive landscape and get through to the corporate decision makers faster and in a more relevant way. Today, we have as our guest, Mark Silver. Mark is a recognized master Sufi teacher, and you can explain what that is to me, and founded Heart of Business 20 years ago. Since then, he's worked with thousands of business owners, helping them integrate spirituality, business nitty-gritty, with an awareness of social justice. Mark, welcome to the Wealth on Any Income podcast. Thank you, Rennie. I'm delighted to be here. And what is I, I, Sufi. Did I pronounce yeah, Sufi. Sufi. Yeah, Sufi. 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 Yeah, Sufi. Sufism is the mystical uh, branch of Islam, and so yeah, so it's um, I've been uh, I've been studying with my Sufi teachers for twenty or so years, and um, I've been humbled and honored to be granted uh, master teacher status within that lineage. Yeah, terrific! Congratulations. And now we'll get to some questions that, you know, are a part of the show. So talk about what you do and why you do it. Yeah. So what I do is, I mean, basically Heart of Business works with people who are in business and they want to make a difference in the world and they really need to make a profit. And um, business doesn't feel good to them. Uh, it's been really hard to find a way to be in business in a way that is in alignment with their values. And so we teach a heart-centered way to do business so that business can be an act of love and still be effective. And like you mentioned, uh, profit is one of the requirements of business if you want to stay in business. because It's true. Yeah. Those, <laughs> those that don't have a profit can't be around to be of value to anybody else. It's very, very true. It's very true. So is there uh, a particular charity you support? And if so, what do they do? There's two different things that we do regularly. One is that we donate money to our local food banks. Mm-hmm. Food insecurity is a huge issue. And so we do what we can to support there. And we also have people in our community, entrepreneurs that we know, many of them are single parents or they're chronically ill or they're struggling in different ways. And so we give to them regularly. We have a pay from the heart business model for almost all of our um, offerings. But at the same time, sometimes people need, you know, we've, we've sometimes gotten people a massage or we've bought them, a, you know, a meal, uh, you know, for their family or just, you know, help them out in different ways because things can get really tight and hard when you're struggling, when, you, when you've when you got a lot of systemic issues that are against you. That's really a generous approach for, for the clients that you're working with. How would you describe your target markets? So we describe them in a few different ways. One is um, 
size in terms of business is that we tend to work with people that are self-employed up to maybe a handful of people in the company. We work with people that are mainly service businesses. They may be selling a product or products may be part of their business, but they're primarily service providers. And um, and then finally, they um, because we teach from a spiritually uh, grounded perspective and weave spiritual teachings into our work, people, you know, need to be open to spirituality uh, in some way. Not that, um, not that we turn people away, but people who are atheist or don't have a spiritual way of being, um, it's probably just a lot of translation. We have people that we can, that we trust and like that we can refer folks to. Yeah. It sounds like you're probably working with a lot of holistic health practitioners or consultants, coaches. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of those folks for, for sure in our, uh, in our audience. And uh, I, I want to confirm one of the things that you just spoke about. And uh, one of the things that I recognize is because of our business designed to create philanthropists, people who come to us who just you know want to buy a bigger house or a Lamborghini or something like that, those aren't our clients. All right. Uh, we're looking for people who want to make an impact in the lives of others. And, uh, you know, I, I would say you and I are on similar tracks in yes. terms of both the people we work with and probably the people we attract because of what we're doing. Yeah. You know, the people who are here, you know, like I said earlier, they, they want to make a difference in the world, you know, like they're, they're, and there's not really a job <laughs> description <laughs> like what they want to do. And so a lot of them end up self-employed. Some of them choose it and have wanted to have their own business. Some of them come to it because there's just no other option for doing what they want to do. Some of them have lives that wouldn't fit easily into a nine to five corporate environment, whether it's because they're choosing to homeschool or care for young children or because they have a chronic illness and they need to be able to work around things like that. We have a wide variety of why people end up self-employed, but all of them want to help people and uh, they want to they want to make a contribution, which I think is, you know, basic human need um, for me, you know, that that needs to be honored in the workplace and in the business world as well as everywhere else. I would, I obviously agree with that. <laughs> I know you do. What would you say was your biggest failure, whether it was personal or business? Well, yeah. I mean, it's always an interesting question. I, whenever someone says, well, what's the biggest or what's the favorite or what's the, I have to say, so there's a quote from a, from a rabbi whose name I wish I could remember. who said that we all travel the path of life, um, in segments that are as long as we are tall, as we fall on our face and get up again and fall on our face and get up again. <laughs> and um, the number of mistakes that I've made in this business are uncounted. They're <laughs> uncounted. I make mistakes constantly. Um, we had gotten ourselves into an unsustainable business model. Uh, we were spending too much. I had to change that. Um, and we had trailing expenses. That was a bit of a struggle, that shift, but it really, really helped. Um, the very launching of the business, we, I launched the business um, uh, on September 12th, 2001, oh the day after 9-11. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and I, I mean, I needed to make money. I mean, a lot of us that start business, like I, it was, it was kind of my path forward. And um, 
and that neediness, I sent out that that newsletter, that first announcement email, it totally inappropriately, totally oh, inappropriately, yeah. the day after 9-11. And I rightfully got a lot of blowback and I had to yeah. really repair some relationships. But it's um I don't, you know, one of my clients said to me when I was teaching a workshop, um, she said, Oh, I I think I get it. Like you're up there and I'm down here because you were willing to make more mistakes <laughs> than I've been willing to make. <laughs> and um and I said, Yeah, if there's anything I can do is to help people get more comfortable with imperfection, with discomfort, with mistakes. Um I don't know any other way to move forward in life. You know, like, of course we want to minimize it and we do learning to kind of minimize, minimize it, but there's, there's no way to avoid mistakes. So, yeah. And, and what that person in the audience had as an insight was beautiful in Mm -hmm. that you were just willing to make more mistakes than she was. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah, 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 exactly. And it's a, it's a part of business and you know, we, we all go through that. I mean, I continually find things that I've been doing that aren't working that I need to adjust. Exactly. So what are, are there typical feelings you, you could say that your prospects or clients experience? Yeah. You know, a lot, <clears throat> a lot of folks, they love what they do and they hate business, you mm. know, and for good reason, because the way that we see business being done in the world, especially by lo- a lot of the large corporations, um, is really painful. It's missing in ethics. It's missing in care. It's missing in connection and relationship. And a lot of them are um, unwilling to do those things, but they think that there's something wrong with them and they think they have to push through the get over their issues around money or get over their issues around business. And what I'm often doing is helping them to see the wisdom and the truth in their feelings and to say that, yes, there are things that you're going to want to avoid. You don't want to just push through and let's find a way that really works. Let's find a way that's in alignment with your heart and your values and a feeling of love that's still really effective in the world. Um, And that's probably got to be a much more easy an easier path to take uh, when you're in alignment with your values. It's so much easier because instead of avoiding things and, or when you finally do them, then feeling really gross and kind of hating every step, (laughs) it's like you actually enjoy it. People begin to, Oh, wow. I love being on sales calls or I love doing my marketing or I love not because they've learned to love something that's gross, but they've found a way to be in a really sincere caring relationship with that aspect of their business with the people that they're that they're impacting yeah it, it what what i'm hearing is they have the ability to be authentic in their communications mm-hmm. yes yeah. yes and it's authentic but it's also like knowing cuz it's not there there is an authenticity see the, so authenticity is sometimes misused in business marketing, especially there was like this huge thing a few years ago. I remember probably longer than a few years ago at this point. <laughs> it's been a while where it's like, oh, you've got to be authentic. You've got to be authentic. But then people were being authentic, really kind of being car wrecks where people were oh. rubbernecking and seeing like, oh, I'm just going to like put my whole mess out there. <laughs> and, you know, like that's, 
that's not appropriate either. And it's not about hiding your mess, but it's about being in appropriate relationships with people. It's like when I'm close to someone and we have an understanding in our relationship that we're there to be there for each other in mutual aid, then I can be really messy with them. But my clients haven't agreed to that. Like I like to process things in a safer, more private place. And then I can, like I said, you know, like I, I shared the mistake I made on, you know, about launching on 9-11. Yeah. But I've processed that and I know how to talk about it in a way that doesn't pull at people yes. in an unhealthy way. And um, it's it's and, the difference between putting out all your garbage and being appropriate. Yes, that's yeah. exactly it. That's exactly it. And would you say that there are common mistakes that your prospects are making or make before you get together with them? I think one of the most common mistakes I see is people are either spending way too much on business development and learning more sophisticated approaches to growing their business, but without having put any of the fundamentals in place because mm. nobody told them and nobody taught them what the fundamentals are, which aren't really sexy, but they're important so that you can stand on your feet. You know, you have to crawl before you walk and walk before you run. And, um, and so they either learn in really expensive programs or they copy people that they see as being way more um, uh, successful than they've been, but they don't see behind the curtain. They don't know what's really going on back there. And so they copy these external pieces and they're not successful. They spend way too much money. They get really, I just, I just put out an article about this uh, or it's going out soon is um, don't use overly complicated and sophisticated marketing and launch structures because it often takes a team and thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars to plan something really sophisticated to it, you can do so well keeping it simple yeah, and staying and grounded. One of the words that you use that I think is crucial is fundamentals. Mm -hmm. And that's what I see so often when it comes to people handling money. They make a lot of it, but they're lacking the fundamentals. And then they end up having nothing because the fundamentals are lacking. So it's not exactly. just about making the money. It's knowing what to do when it shows up. Yes, yes, yes. And it's the same in business. You know, it's exactly. like the, it's, there are fundamentals that help every business run well. And you don't, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have to get sophisticated. It can get sophisticated in later stages, depending on where you're wanting to grow your business. And some of the clients that I work with individually are at that stage. But so much is, is easier. It's yeah. so much easier than they make it out to be. So is there um, you know, an outcome you can point to or a case study to illustrate yeah. know, a particular client situation? Well, we've had a lot of, well, I mean, we have a lot. We've worked with thousands of people over the last 20 years. But one I'm thinking of in particular is we had an acupuncturist um, who lived in a major city who was totally burnt out and thought she hated what she did. But over time, we helped her put the fundamentals in place slowly, carefully, kind of abandoning some of the things that are taught to every acupuncturist to do in business that aren't necessarily the, you know, a smart way of connecting with people. And um, 
And she went from making about 30K a year, less than 30K a year, which does not make it in a major urban area, especially if you're going to have a family. Even single, it's inadequate. It's really, really not. It doesn't do it. Um, And then it took a few years, but she grew it bit by, you know, step by step by step. And within four years, she was making six figures from an acupuncture practice. And she realized that she wasn't burnt out on acupuncture. She just wasn't making enough money to feel like she could relax. Her nervous system was always stressed and worried. She didn't have the feeling that she could take time off. And she didn't have a sense that she could depend on the business. And then she realized, gosh, I really do love acupuncture. And I love helping clients. And um, it's lovely to see this kind of effect over and over and over again. Not that um, people need to make have a million-dollar business, although some people get there. But many people just getting to the high five figures or the low six figures, really p- replacing a really good professional-level salary is enough to build a very comfortable life, to be able to build up savings, to be able to love life and 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 do really well. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think um, what you said is, and love life. In other words, yeah. their work is fulfilling to them yes. and not a drain. Yes, yes. So um, is there uh, a valuable free resource that you can direct people to, to that would further help uh, them? <laughs> The thing that I like, yeah, the thing that I like to see people take on from the beginning is, um, and I don't even just mean the beginning in the business, but the beginning of starting to embrace a sense of developing their business uh, in this kind of an organic fundamentals focused way um, is that we have a, we have an assessment, Mm. but the assessment is a 15 minute or so video that teaches what I've observed to be the stages of business development for a micro-sized business. Mm-hmm. It walks you through the four stages of business development and helps you assess where you are so you know what you need to focus on. And if whether or not they ever do any of our work, you know, or, or work with us, if they do the assessment, if they learn the stages, then wherever they're getting their business development education, uh, they can understand, oh, this is what I need to put, in, to put into place first. This is what can, can wait till later. And they can start to, just like the case study I listed, they can start to build their business over a year, two years, three years to an extremely sustainable place. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I'm going to put the link to heartofbusiness.com forward slash ready hyphen assessment in the show notes so people can access it there. Thank you. Is there a question that I should have asked you that would give some great value to the listeners? I think for folks that are heart-centered that have a sense of spirituality, there's there's often this question of what is the role of spirituality in business? And the role of spirituality for me is, first of all, to realize that spirituality doesn't have to be brought into business, that it's already here, that everything that exists comes from a foundation of love and compassion. It comes from source. It comes from oneness. And so it's not about bringing spirituality or sacredness or love into business. It's about slowing down and opening the eyes of our heart to recognize the sacred that is already in business and that in recognizing this sacredness, 
it allows us to discard the illusions of business that are unethical and to begin to embrace the way of being in business so that every act of business can be an act of love, can be an expression of that sacredness of life and community and relationship uh, so that we can presence the world that we really want to live in. That is such a better way of being on this planet. And uh, Mark, I want to thank you for being on the show. Thank you. I'm really delighted. And I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing uh, in this world, Rennie. I'm really, really grateful to have learned about you and learned what you're up to. So I'm really honored to be in your space with you. Thank you again, Mark. And to my listeners, thank you for tuning in. You can listen to the Wealth on Any Income podcast on your favorite platform. And please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you'd like to know how books, movies, and society has programmed you to be poor and what the cure is, then log on to wealthonanyincome.com forward slash TEDx. You'll hear my TEDx talk and can request a free 27-page roadmap to complete financial choice and receive a weekly email with tips, techniques, or inspiration around your business or money. Again, that's wealthonanyincome.com forward slash TEDx. Next week, our guest will be Nancy Boyd, the creator of soul-based operating systems for people who want more out of life. And until next week, be prosperous. Bye-bye for now.